Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues Booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Late March 2023 and your St. Louis Blues are giving us a little bit of everything. Tori Krug goes bananas. Braden Shen, yeah, he went a little bit bananas too, and and that was great. Joel Hofer was great. The Blues outshot 34-17, but they beat the Jets last night over at Enterprise Center. 3-0, and our buddy, now TV voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber joins us <laughs> here on the opening drive. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Randy, I'm doing fine. Uh, no, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm the bench warmer. <laughs> you know, <okay. laughs> So, uh, J.K. John, uh, just, just filling in for J.K. Yeah, J.K. not feeling well. So, Dan Kelly did the radio last night, and you had the chance to do TV with Panger. Did you guys ever determine whether or not you were the first NHL bald broadcast crew? <laughs> Man, there was so much going on yesterday afternoon. Didn't have to look that up. I, you know what? It'd be kind of interesting. Uh, I'd have to run through my head, but uh, no, I, I, I got an interesting response from people when I open up the broadcast with the follically challenged. <laughs> well, Curbs, obviously a huge weekend for Joel Hofer. He had 33 saves last night, and then he had 32 in the victory against the Capitals. What do you think of his performance this weekend, and how do you see his role moving forward with the Blues? Ah, uh, man, you know what, Brooke? I don't even want to, like, I, he, he played two really good games. He, he looked really good. He, he's played 90 American Hockey League games. He's done what what Jordan Bennington did. He did what Billy Huso did. He did what Ben Bishop and Jake Allen has done. And there's one thing that Doug Armstrong has figured out. It's, it's keep a goaltender in the minor leagues, keep them down there uh, until to the point that they're really seasoned, maybe a little over season and they're dominating down there. And then, and then you bring them up. Now you've got a situation here where you're not coming into the lineup where Jordan Bennington did where all the pressures on and everything's, you know, clicking in that way. There's, there's not a ton of pressure on this team right now. And, and that's not knocking him. I think Joel Hofer has played really, really well. He's done exactly what he, he's supposed to do, what he needed to do. Um, but I kind of just leave it there at that because it's a good look to the future in terms of he's on a one-way contract next year, so you know he'll be up here. Craig Berube said, obviously, in his press conference last night after the game that he's staying, but they called him up on emergency conditions. So he'll have to go back down and either be recalled under non-emergency conditions uh, – and they use one of their final recalls, one of their final two, or uh, or adjust there if he were to stay. So we'll see how that all plays out. But uh, but just a, a really good start for him and, and just a calm, uh, cool, collected customer so far. Curves, there was a moment yesterday where a crew kind of went crazy and, and did one of the things that I've been talking about that the Blues have been lacking in standing up for his teammate Nate, uh, Nate, Nathan Walker, who got slammed into the boards. What did you make of that moment? And, and is that the type of fire that you need from your team uh, in order to have success? Well, I don't – got to be honest with you. I still don't know exactly what he did to get the game as right. And the only, thing I kept, the only thing I kept thinking of was – you know, Crash Davis, you know, calling the umpire certain words. Just not allowed to call them, right? And 
you know, and I mean, and, and, I, and I, I could read his lips one time where I think he told the referee that thou shalt go off by thyself and multiply. Yeah, he did. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'll tell you, uh, yeah, it was a snap. But I, he, here's the thing that, and, and we'll find out today, uh, it didn't go to the room last night. We'll, we'll find out today a little bit more of the detail, just really what set him off. But, you know, you know, he was slashing with somebody a little bit earlier. He had a little burn and said, you love the fight, you love to compete. That's what made Tory Krug, Tory Krug. That's, that's how you play as long and as well in the National Hockey League he has as an undrafted college kid, right? So, uh, but, but the part that bothers you is you've got, the, you've got a young referee in Blandin, uh, uh, Brandon Bland, uh, Blandisi, I believe his name was, You've got a veteran coach, a Stanley Cup winning coach in Craig Berube. Yet you know you're going to take some heat there. This kid came in and had zero patience. Hmm. I mean, I don't know why. Like to me, this was you know this was a, it was an Angel Hernandez moment, you know, uh, for for a young referee. You want to give him the two. You want to give him the ten. You give him the ten. You know, and and not the game misconduct. You give him the ten. You know, minute misconduct, and you hope things calm down. But then you got to go over to the coach and explain why the extra two is. I mean, they didn't explain it to anybody, and and that's where I think the coaching staff was really confused at that point in time because you, you're thinking that it should be a two-minute penalty on the board, and you see four. So uh, I don't know exactly what he did to deserve it, and if he did deserve it, okay, he got it. But I, I thought it was just horrifically handled by uh, by a young referee and I guess another coaching moment. Curbs, I asked – I asked Brooke and Carrie about this earlier, and if you get taken in the first round of any draft, baseball, football, hockey, basketball, you have physical skills. Somebody saw physical ability in you. You get guys like Kapanen and Verona, who, by the way, Kapanen playing PK and power play Verona, just, he, he's so visible because he's so fast and has the great shot. I'm really intrigued to see what the future holds for these two, and I wonder if Doug Armstrong's done it again. Yeah, at least uh, he, what, what the biggest noticeable thing I've seen with those two guys has been the speed. Now, I did not, I, I hadn't seen enough of Verona to realize just how much you know sauce that his shot has. I mean, he can, his shot has been a laser on some of those one timers. I did not know he had that kind of shot. But well, what you have noticed, and I noticed it a couple times at speed. And Jordan, I'm sorry, Jordan Cairo did this uh, pretty well. I thought last night too. The, the, it's it's not just being able to skate fast from A to B. It's it's almost the where you're skating with the puck and then you change speeds and it's that change of speeds that that can cause some problems for the defense. And I think the most noticeable thing with those two guys, Randy, in this lineup, I I, I don't know that you know at, at their age they, they aren't the complete players that Tarasenko and O'Reilly were, and maybe even Barbashev for that matter, but. They have more speed than those guys did, and that part has been noticeable on the ice. Sammy Blay has been doing really well since returning uh, to the Blues curbs. What can you say about how he's been doing and performing? It seems like, obviously, he wants to be here and he's playing really well. But then you also look at Pavel Buchnevich and how successful he's been. It looks like the Blues have done pretty well in their trades with the Rangers, right? Well, yeah, I'm still – I I still, honestly uh, – I don't. I wonder why the New York Rangers traded Pavel Buchnevich. Like, I'm. I, there are some players and like what they saw, what they didn't like. What, what was it that made them say this is the guy? Because they had the cap space for him to, to extend him. Now maybe they didn't 
maybe they thought there was going to be some pinch somewhere else, but since then, I think they've had the cap space. Uh, what a terrific player he's been. And studious trying to figure out how to play at center. And he's always asking the coaches now how to handle certain things. And, but he, he's been terrific getting Blake black back. You, you knew just what you had with him and, you know, he, he needed a second lease. It wasn't going well. He wasn't getting used. He was getting healthy scratched in New York. And here he's been given a chance, like Verona, like Kapanen. But but also, you know, like when I mentioned the Hofer thing, because this, this is a Blues team that's not going to the playoffs. In that sense, some of the pressure's off. Uh, guys are now, you know, Verona and Kapanen are getting full top six minutes with the Blues that they weren't getting with the other team. So they're getting a chance to show some stuff that maybe they have lost those opportunities in other places. Sammy Blaze getting now regular minutes. He's averaging 14 minutes a game in his in his 18 with the Blues. That's more than he's averaged in, with any team anywhere, you know, since he started. And and he's playing a very straight line game. And and they've got a little bit of that old school Blues grind line out there with Shen and, and Sod, and they're finding the net a little bit. So part of it's opportunity. I think part of it is just where they're at on the team. But you you can't take away what you're seeing, and that is this: all three of those guys have been asked to come in, play a certain way, and see how it goes. They're doing it exactly that way, and they're finding success. Curves, when you're looking at how they are playing now and the talent that they have, along with the draft picks and, and the options for, for offseason, are you are you excited about what next season could look like? Before I get there, Kerry, I'm just excited to see what happens with this draft. Now, look – Al McKinnis made a great comment to me the other day. And then so he he said, you know, I said, man, you just want to get as high a possible draft pick, don't you? And he said, well, he goes, you do. He said, but keep this in mind. Sometimes you get a better player at eight or nine than you do at four or five. And it was a great comment. So I started going back and flipping through some drafts and all that because you sit there and you go, okay, you know, maybe you pick a player that is supposed to be, you know, really good at one spot, but he's just not as good there. And then a later pick ends up being better. You know, don't forget, like like in, in 2007, when the Blues traded away the ninth overall pick to San Jose to get a couple other picks, uh, the, the Sharks at ninth took uh, Logan Couture. So the reason I say I'm more excited for the immediate thing than next year is there's so many question marks about, you know, how this team is going to, uh, shape up and look for next year because of how the draft could go for the Blues. And, man, to me, you just got to stay top 10 uh, somehow. So if you do get lucky enough to win that draft lottery, you've got the first overall pick. So in that sense, it makes for a real interesting next two games against Detroit because <laughs> Detroit is just ahead of the Blues in the standings. So, um, I'm, I mean, for the fans, I guess it's good for certain things. It validates some moves from Doug Armstrong. I'm not sure you want to get on a bender right now. <laughs> I'm with you there. I, I, I'm with you 100%. Hey, Curbs, I mean, I'm being just honest with you, you on know, that one. I, I, I agree. Uh, I think that's that's the way to go, it, right? It, and the, the players all want to win, right? The coaches all want to win. Yes. So you, you, that's the, the bottom line is the people that are down there closest to the ice are the people that are, that are going to determine where the Blues pick in the draft. And there's not a single Blues player that wants to have a guy taken number three or four so that he can take their job. Right. No, yeah. And, and you know what? And, and these guys, uh, and, and they should. I mean, these guys are competitive. They're, they're, they're mad. They're angry. They don't want to be where they're at. You know, and, and so be it. But... At the same time, from an organizational standpoint, and this is where this is where I, I say this, but you know this is just, well, we're going to see where the chips fall, right? 
Uh, the coaching staff is going to try to win every single game. They're going to try to win out. The, the, the players are going to try to win out. You know, you're too good of a team to fall, you know, too much, you know, lower than this because they are still a, 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 have got some good players on this team. But if you've gone through the pain, you know, you don't want to go through the pain and finish, you know, 12, 13, or 14. You know, right, right now you just accept the pain, realize that, uh, you know, that it's going to be there, and then you get the highest possible draft pick. Curbs, one of the great tragedies in sports is that we've just lost the gumption for punch a Red Wing fan in the face day, uh, which, which was great when the Blues and Red Wings were in the same division battling all the time, and we hated them, and they hated us, and their stupid fans would show up at our building, and we just, hey, if you saw somebody with a Red Wings jersey on, you, you're a sweater, you just had to smack them in the, in the kisser. But uh, now, you look at where we are, they aren't making the playoffs, we aren't making the playoffs, we only play them twice a year. The level of disdain that I was able for the Red Wings and their fans has dissipated dramatically. It's amazing how far gone that is from where that rivalry was, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. I was thinking about that the other day, and just and and you know, you, you had such good guys. Now they traded away Sunquist. That helped. Uh, that helped. You know, as soon as as soon as Fabry and Perron are gone from Detroit, that'll that'll help even more. Then, then I can go back to you know. But I'm sitting there going, man, I like David Perron so much as a guy and as a player. I'm like, yeah, but he plays for the Red Wings. And and I haven't – I just – my father-in-law is a Red Sox fan, right? Mm-hmm. So the moment Roger Clements became a Yankee, you know, he was done. I'm like, oof, I just – I haven't developed that certain level of rivalry, <laughs> you know. I don't know what to call it, nastiness, uh, DNA, whatever it may be, you know. But, but having said that, uh, you're right. It, it, it isn't the same. And that's really kind of the shame of it. Uh, so – but it is what it is. It doesn't mean I'm rooting for them, uh, but at the same time, like, uh, man, they've gone through a long rebuild, too. Yeah. They, haven't they? Yeah. Like, and they're going to be good, right? Eiserman's going to get them going. Well, they've got a real interesting situation right now. If you go to, if you go to, uh, to Cap Friendly and you look at, at their, where they're at, they've got a really good amount of, uh, and I know, you know Larkin's taken care of, but they've got a really good amount of uh, unrestricted free agents. And so this becomes a real critical offseason for Steve Eiserman because if he doesn't continue this turnaround and, and, and where it's going to go, and you would think with what he did with Tampa, he's going to be able to, it could still stall on them a little bit. So uh, Detroit's in a real interesting spot right now where they seem poised and ready to go, but this could, they could slip back a little bit too. Uh, having said that, uh, it will be fun to see David Perron coming back mm-hmm. in tomorrow, and uh, you know, and, and and playing. And then obviously Sunquist came in with with Minnesota, but uh, you know, the Blues have a, a pretty good peppering of their former players around the league right now. They were really good and fun guys to have around. Curbs, great stuff as always. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, have an awesome week, you three. Thanks. Thanks. See you later. That is the. Radio voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, TV voice last night with John Kelly under the weather. And Dan Kelly, John's brother, did the game here on 101 ESPN.